Hello, and welcome back to the Counterpoints Podcast. This is your host, Matt. You are listening to episode 22. Um, as usually, we want to thank our returning listeners, and of course, to new listeners, buckle up. This is a podcast where we talk about, as we always say, the same stupid shit that we argue about in breweries and bars. As always, we'll get started right away with some beer check-ins. Uh, this week, we'll talk about what we're drinking now and what we've had over the last week or so. And we'll start with Jack. What are you drinking? For right now, I'm going back to Burial. I have to hold the can because their names are so incredibly stupid. <laughs> this one is called Interdimensional Amalgamation. It's a double IPA. Pretty good. Rated a four. Uh, pretty smooth and creamy, which I do love about their IPAs. Beers from the past week, nothing really new. I actually went to, last Sunday, went to Foothills for their tasting room. They had one of their staples, Festival Express, is their Juicy IPA, and they made a mimosa out of it, and that was absolutely Ooh. delicious. It almost, it kind of had a little bit of, dare I say, Orange Julius taste to it. <laughs> so uh, that was real solid. They also made an apple cider mimosa, which was also delicious. Uh, this is a beer cast. We didn't talk about that shit on here, so move on. <laughs> Be gone, mimosas. Uh, Jack, real quick, you bring up one very good point, I think. Burials naming conventions are really stupid. <laughs> They're really stupid for people who like to use untapped and have to try to find that <laughs> name and type it all in. Just could you pick something a little easier? Jeez, yeah. I don't know. I, I like their weird names and their whole, of like, course you I. do. <laughs> yeah, that does make sense. And I did like interdimensional amalgamation. It is a mouthful. Don't get me wrong. As is the beer, but not yeah, for everyone, I guess. You definitely feel like a bit of a douche when someone asks you what you're drinking and you're like, oh, I'm drinking a last lover scorned on the blackened earth of my soul's day. What? Wait, what? I mean, the what name sense? inspires conversation, I guess. I don't know. I can't spin that. Moving on. All right. So on to Casey. What are you drinking? Tonight, I am starting off pretty low-key with a, a beer from Epic Brewing here in Denver, Colorado. It's called Senor Pepino. It's a cucumber <laughs> lime lager, 4.5%. Uh, it is an independent craft brewery-associated beer, so staying on that trend. As for beer in the last week, I haven't drank a whole lot of beer, to <gasps> be honest. I've been uh, more on the wine and uh, liquor uh, as part of the, uh, the celebrations that have occurred. Uh, in the past couple days. So been slack on the beer, but I plan to get back on it now that, well, because I want to. <laughs> and I've missed it, frankly. That's okay, so. Casey. Beer will always welcome you back. It missed you too. <laughs> That's right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, Kevin, you're up next. All right. So tonight I am drinking Vanilla Superdome from Definitive Brewing Company. This beer comes to be courtesy of, of Matt. Thank you, gentlemen for this beer this beer is really good it is a imperial double milkshake ipa with just a buttload of vanilla mm. and i'm just going to say buttload because they mentioned like extra vanilla several times on their can it's just a <laughs> lot of vanilla really good uh one of the beers of note that i had this week was the double blueberry shake from great notion brewing co great notion mm. brewing co was my favorite brewery from 2019's great american beer fest and i think they had the best beer of the fest for me and it was a very similar beer to this double blueberry shake at the time it was blueberry muffin they do a lot of really good blueberry lactose oh, sours that. and this beer that i had last night i busted out for a special occasion my brother just passed his phd candidacy exam so as it should <gasps> surprise no one my siblings are definitely smarter than i am so yay uh, great beer rated it a four or five if you can find it i highly recommend it 
I remember that blueberry muffin beer from GABF. It tasted exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, they they do these like uh, pastry stouts that taste exactly like the desserts. And there was a one more place too, and I cannot remember the name of it, but they made these stouts that tasted exactly like, say, pancakes with maple syrup, or it tasted like um, some sort of like a fruity tiramisu. And this was from Great American Beer Fest, and we drank a lot. And I honestly can't remember what the name of the place was, but if y'all remember it somehow, let me know because I want to find them. Uh, technically, if I went back in my check-ins, I'd probably be able to find it somewhere. I think I did check in every single sample. <laughs> I, I was just going to ask that, Matt. I was just going to ask, did you check did. in all of or most of the beers? that I tried. Had? It's really difficult because you're having one-ounce samples like bam, bam, bam. Like you just got to go yeah. into that app, get it, hit it, next. <laughs> no, no notes, that's for sure. No time. All right, and for the last check-in, I will go. So beer I'm drinking right now is a variant of a, one of my favorites that I've had in the state. It is Fruit Machine from Decadent Ales out of Mamoronic, New York. It's a, they have a lot of variants of it. And it, basically, they take like three different beers every time. I'm sorry, three different fruits every time. And this one is going to be blueberry, blackberry, and cherry. Very good. Kind of a little tartness to it. Nice and smooth. A couple beers I've had over the last week or so. I kind of wanted to do two brewery shout-outs to breweries I had not been to before, but were actually surprisingly good, both in Connecticut. Um, one was in Putnam. It was a brewery called Bear Hands, spelled B-E-A-R. Uh, they had some excellent beers there, like their uh, one was the Trend of Phobia, was a milkshake IPA that was excellent, and then an Enigma Rapid Mystery was a very good double IPA. And the other shout-out I wanted to give quickly was Paddle Creek Brewing Company in East Hartford, Connecticut. Brand new place and only opened up a couple months ago. Um, they had a really good pumpkin beer that I was a big fan of and an IPA that was solid too. So check that place out if you're in Connecticut. Okay, so from there, we're going to move into the beer news. So a couple goings on in the beer community and we pique our interest. We take a look and we talk about it here on the pod. I'm going to start with, I think probably our bigger quote unquote story is that there's a large uh, survey that is done, I believe, Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong, by the Zymergy is who conducts it. And it looks to be on, it looks like to be reported by the American Home Brewers Association. So it's, I guess there's maybe some legitimacy to it, I hope, I'm hoping. And the reason the story caught my attention was that it rated the best beers by survey um, in the United States. And the number one beer this year, which I'm being told by the, for the fourth consecutive year is Bell's Two-Hearted Ale. The ones that came in after that were Russian Rivers Pliny the Elder, followed by Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale, the Alchemist's Heady Topper, and then Bell's gets a second spot in the top five with Hop Slam. What do you guys think about those being the top five beers in the United States right now, according to this survey? I mean, there there has to be some sort of bias for, like, I won't call them mass distributed beers, but beers you can definitely get a lot of, right? Otherwise, your, your pole size is going to be too small. So you can't ever say, you know, Juju Julius or some other variant of it's going to be a winner on this bracket because it's mm-hmm. just you're not going to have enough people you survey who can answer this. So, all right, yeah, is Bell's Two Hearted maybe a top ten beer? Um, possibly, I guess if enough of America has it, I certainly wouldn't put it above it, it above Hop Slam. So I'm confused by this rating here. I just don't get the huge deal with Bell's. I, I went there once to Kalamazoo and like, yeah, they're good for a for a macro kind of craft. They're good, just nothing like extraordinary. I mean, I would take Harpoon over them, for instance. Sorry, Bills. I'd take Founders. Where's uh, Frosted Orange Julius? Why is that not on the list? Ooh. Sorry. I, I guess people that read that freaking magazine have never actually had that beer. Because that's the problem. At the end of the day, it's that Zymergy magazine, which appears to be some big beer magazine. I never heard of it, to be honest. 
Uh, I um I do subscribe to it on, on ooh, or I did anyway. I need to re-up my subscription. It's it's a good magazine for for brewers and beer enthusiasts, okay. and I like it just because it's a yeah. You know, it's like the technical side of beer news. It's not really the consumer side of beer news, and there's always some fun stuff in there. And they also went further to break it down by best beer per state. So we've got four guys in four different states. I thought maybe it'd be interesting to see which beer in our states won. So we'll start with California. Unsurprisingly, it's number two spot overall is Pliny the Elder by Russian River Brewing Company. I, I also wouldn't. That. I don't disagree, but I also wouldn't put Bell's over that either. Hmm. That's just my opinion. I, I know Kevin said he wouldn't put it over Hop Slam, but and I agree with that. I wouldn't put it over Pliny the Elder. So that's heartbreaking for me. <laughs> Well, Casey from Colorado, you've got Odell IPA from Odell Brewing Company. Yeah, not upset about that. That does, That's uh, not upset. That doesn't seem like an upsetting answer. No. Odell's I mean, good. Odell's a phenomenal brewery. I, I love their atmosphere, and I love their beer, so I'm not opposed to that at all, and the IPA is phenomenal. It's also weird that, like, three of your states are just in alphabetical order, just boom, boom, boom. Wow. Amazing. Speaking of states that start with C, Connecticut. I'm going to say this. We got fucking robbed. We got OEC's Brewing. Not a bad brewery, but they're Cool Ship Lager, uh, Blonde Lager. You know, I, I've i had lagers. It's a good one, I guess, but I know it has kind of a big reputation in the state as one of the better lagers, but man, there's so many better beers in Connecticut than friggin' that. <laughs> Come on. Anything on a 12% would crush fucking Cool Ship Lager. Get out of here. Also, Matt, just so you know, I don't know if you saw it, but the, the brewery or the beer that from Idaho is Mad Swede. Oh, is every it? time I see, dude, every time I see yeah. Mad Sweet, I think of you. Uh, I had it when I was back home the other uh, week, and they weren't allowing people inside yet. So when okay. I go back, I'll have to to snag you some some gear. Well, the one the one that got the top for Idaho, as you say, was a great name for a beer. Helm of Awe, robust oatmeal porter, pretty good name. Um, Jack, North Carolina, we've got Surflax IPA from Burial Beer Company. Yep, that's like their flagship. That's that's the one that they always have on tap there. That's uh, it's fine. It's that's, definitely not. That's their, not a shocking answer. It's not their best beer, but it's certainly probably their most, the one they sell the most. Well, hey, it's a normal it name too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for once they started off so well, and then what the hell happened? <laughs> they started listening to metal and shopping at Hot Topic. <laughs> now, one that I think is probably a pretty good answer is neighboring state Massachusetts did get Julius from Treehouse. That's a good answer. That's a really good beer. <laughs> like, come on. That's one of the top IPAs out there. I, I wish I wish Connecticut could have gotten the same treatment. But uh, yeah, check check it out, listeners. You ever get a chance? Oh. It's on. Uh, oh, go ahead. We, we actually have to shout this out for former host of the podcast, Brian. Maryland's oh, best beer. We'll look at Maryland's best beer. All right, God. I'm pretty sure Brian had seven or eight of those. In our Sweet very baby first Jesus by you know Two Claw Brewing. I'm fairly certain the people surveyed in this survey were all Brian. Look at look at here. the name of Montana's beer. What a name that is. Let's see Montana's beer, Moose Drool by Big Sky Brewing. Yeah, it is quite. A I've beer. had I've had that beer. That actually is a really good brown ale. All right, all right. I agree with Kevin. I've had it too. I also just love. And part of the reason I had it was just because I love the name Moose Drool. I mean, and it's so fitting for Montana. You can't get better mm. than that. I did not realize uh, Epic Epic Brewing Co. was in Utah. So Big yeah. Bad Baptist won for Epic in in Utah. That's actually a really good beer. That's unusual because everything you see here are kind of like IPAs, blondes, sort of like middle of the road type mm. beers. But to see like a, a heavy imperial style like that win is 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 surprising. It's either a testament to not having a lot of really good middle of the road beers in Utah, or just how good that beer is. And I think it's. The I think it's more the fact that 
you know, for a long time, right, beer could only be a certain level in Utah. And, and I believe that's still to this day. Oh, like alcohol content, you mean? Yeah, right, because the influence from the Mormon church. So, and I, and I think a lot of that is just, it, they stay very, you know, right in the middle. And then this brewery, Epic, obviously established here in Denver as well as in Salt Lake City, kind of took it to the next level. And because I have a feeling they're headquartered here in, in Denver, they were able to do that. And so people go, oh, shit, this is actually like a beer. This isn't like water. This isn't a Coors Light or, or a Bud Light. This is actually a legit beer. I think, I think it's going to maybe, and I, I don't, I'm, this is all speculation on my end. I don't know this to be mm. true. I just am wondering if that, if that played into that decision at all. I, uh, I like the name from the, of the brewery from Virginia. It was called Falcon Smash. That just kind of reminds me of Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, that's all I was going to say. I also saw that too. It was like Falcon Punch. <laughs> hey. What one for Ohio? Um, Ohio had Fathead's Headhunter IPA. I remember having that at a great American beer festival, to be honest. I remember the logo of that brewery. It's like a big fat guy. <laughs> I don't have a strong memory of their beer, to be honest. But uh, yeah, some kind, of, some kind of interesting results here. I think a lot of them are pretty valid from what I could tell, but I'm pissed off about Connecticut. That's okay. I'm angry every day. So um, on to the next story. Uh, kind of a quick blurb, but we found this entertaining. Uh, you know, Casey's State here, Colorado, uh, Breckenridge Brewery is doing a promotion right now that we thought was pretty amusing because multiple hosts in this podcast have turned 30 years old this year. It's their 30th anniversary. And what they're doing is if you buy this special 30 year anniversary, 12 pack, you can get a rebate from the brewery for buying the 12 pack. If you turn 30 in 2020, thereby making the 12 pack free. So if you're born 1990, uh, check that out. Breckenridge brewery. If it's available in your area, you can get free beer. Oh, it's definitely happening. I'm definitely going to do that. <laughs> yeah, we found out they don't distribute in Connecticut, but they do for some reason in New York and Massachusetts. So I guess, fuck me, right? What am I going to do? Oh, well. Drive to those locations. And yeah, go. I mean, to be fair, I could just drive to Mass if I was really dedicated. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm going to be up there tomorrow. <gasps> Maybe I'm going to stop <gasps> there. Oh, ooh, all right. Well, Boys, we're going to play. Well, okay. well, Matt, we I think we had most of those beers when we were in Colorado Springs last time. We may have. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I don't think breckenridge is anything special but i would just free i don't think here. the beers that are in this pack are anything special but i guess free is free free is free that's my stance on this it could be bud light and i take a 12 pack of bud light for free like sure why not and i think for our final beer story i think jack has some sad news for cast go ahead jack yeah covid has has taken a lot from us and it has taken another brewery this one one near and dear to my heart uh, natty greens brewing in greensboro north carolina <laughs> Probably, if not the first craft brewery I ever went to, it's got to be one of the first. Um, I, I kind of credit Wildflower with getting me into craft beer. They have a Wildflower Wit beer that's mm. pretty solid. It's, it's sad to see them go. I'm sure people have gotten kind of used to seeing breweries go in 2020. So that's, a, that's another one. I'm kind of not surprised. They, they, don't, they haven't really kept up with the times where it comes with that crazy, hazy IPA phase. You know, they kind of stick to what, you know, they've brewed since they began. So tough to see Natty Greens go, though. That's a good one. And their rest, they do have a restaurant. That'll stay open. They have, do it. If you're in Greensboro, they do have great food, by the way. So They still, have the, they still have the hop fries? They do. Those are really good. <laughs> I'm actually got with you, Jack. Natty Greens is one of the first places I ever went to to drink craft beer because that was because I went to school in North Carolina and I turned 21 while I was still in college. So that was one of the first places I went to that had beer that I had a legal beer at. So I'm, I'm sad to hear that, but I'm with you. I don't think they really 
kept up with trends. They seem kind of outdated, but that's okay. It's what happens sometimes. I'm glad their food's still there. So going on for the beer news, next we'll be moving into the voicemail section. So uh, as we said last week, we have a, some voicemails to play. We're going to play two for the sake of, let's say, brevity, and then we'll move on to our main topic. So for our first voicemail, we have avid podcast listener Nate from Charlotte left us a voicemail where he talks about some fall beer styles. Get ready, boys. Hey, guys. It's Nate from Charlotte. I was just calling in for um, a question with you guys. And first off, I have a check-in for you. Nice. I'm going to drink Fritter and Waste. It is a pastry sour collab that is supposed to taste like an apple fritter from Newgrass Brewing and Divine Barrel Brewing in North Carolina. And it's delicious. Um, So the question is, now that it's fall and you guys are starting to get into the fall themed beers, would you rather drink exclusively pumpkin beers for the entire fall or exclusively Oktoberfest beers? Thanks. Have a great day, guys. All right. Thank you, Nate from Charlotte. Um, With that beer check-in, we have a question. All pumpkin or all October? First of all, I really like it when our listeners do a can crack on the air. That's really cool. (laughs) Keep that up. Every time. So the question was, uh, all pumpkin or all Oktoberfest? This is really easy for me because I don't really think a lot of pumpkin beers. So I'm going to say Oktoberfest. Like I said, during our Oktoberfest bracket, that is one of my, that is probably me, my favorite seasonal type of beers. So that's an easy one for me, Oktoberfest. All right, we've got one October. Pumpkin, not even close. <laughs> Strong not pumpkin even. vote. Strong yeah, pumpkin vote. Just flavor. Just, it just is such a good flavor. So it's got such a good fall feel to it. There's some, there's just like a, I don't know how to explain it. Just like a crispness to a nice pumpkin beer, um, especially when it's cold outside and you're drinking it by a fire. Uh, one other thing, Nate, the beer that Nate mentioned, that fritter beer that he checked in there, I'm pretty sure he got a little upset with me that I rated it a, I believe I rated it like a four or maybe even a four two five, And I guess that wasn't high enough for Nate. That was not high enough. Yeah, that wasn't high enough. Um, he, uh, he was pretty disappointed by that one. I'll say this about the beer. <laughs> really good. Really good. It is real, real rich. So a full pint of that, probably why the rating wasn't as high as he wanted. If it had been in a taster, <laughs> I would have been in the four, four, five, four, seven, five range. So I just thought I'd clear that up for him. Trina, we hear you. I'm going to echo Jack's sentiments immediately. Pumpkin, absolutely. I guess my reasoning is because I feel like lagers you can get at any time of the year, and pumpkin's a very unique seasonal style that you could only get at that one point. So I'm going to go with the one that I could really only get in well, I really wish you could get Oktoberfest year-round because I wish I would have I mean, it year-round sure. get it. But I feel like I could at least get my lager fill from other lagers at other points of the year. Pumpkin's like, I can't get anything pumpkin in June. Like, no luck. Not that I necessarily want it in June. Casey, do you have an opinion on that one? Oh, yeah. I just don't like pumpkin at all. Whether it be a, a lot and a coffee, a latte, a beer, it's just not my thing. The only form of pumpkin that I like is a pumpkin pie. So I'm, I'm easily going to go with Kevin on this one, Oktoberfest. But, but like what really, and I, and I get Oktoberfests are more uh, seasonal, but like to Matt's point, they're, they're similar to lagers and they're easy to drink. And like you can get those year round, mm. but there's just something that's special about some of these Oktoberfests that are coming out, especially I think from these local craft breweries. And I don't know what it is that they're doing, if they're doing anything different, probably not, but they're putting out some really good ones. And some of the ones that we've had over the last couple podcasts, I've really enjoyed. I picked up a couple on the side 
uh, that weren't on our list, and I've enjoyed them. So I'm going to go with Oktoberfest. All right. You heard it here. It's even split down the middle, Nate. Make of that as you will. We will move on to our second voicemail. Again, another avid podcast listener and international caller, John from Canada, calls in with the following question. Hi, this is John, currently residing in New Hampshire. Um, you know, I wanted to find out what your guys' most disappointing brewer is. I recently went to the Long Cat Brewery in London, New Hampshire. I was very unhappy. I wanted to hear your thoughts. What is the most disappointing brewery you've been to? Like, where you've been so hyped up, like you went to Trillium, and then you had to wait in line for three hours to get beers. But let me know. I want to know from each person, you know, Kevin, Casey, Matt, and Jack. Let me know, guys. See you later. Bye. All right. So John from Canada visiting the States. Hope he's having a good vacation. So let's talk. What is your most disappointing brewery that you've been to? A one that comes to my mind very quickly, but here's the problem. It's not because of beer quality. It's because of service. Founders Brewing in Grand Rapids, Michigan. You could fuck right off after that performance from that waitress. Let's move on to the next host. (laughs) (laughs) No one wants to follow it up, huh? I have no idea what I'm actually going to say. I'm trying to think about like this <laughs> I've got one. I've got one. Sure. Like, I'm not going to say D9, but I'm going to think about oh, it. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I was excited sure, for go ahead. D9. You go ahead and say it. I, I, I won't pick that because I didn't have high expectations. I'm trying to answer like the question the way it was mm-hmm. asked. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll just amend it a little bit. I didn't have high expectations for mm-hmm. D9, but I had expectations for it. And they weren't remotely close to met at all. Um, the facility was nice. It was a nice spot. It was open. They just had just absolute trash beers. It was super disappointing. I think, uh, you know, I, I think we've all, one of the most disappointing things I've heard recently is, is John seems like the type of guy who, you know, turns down a beer trip because people won't dress up in Christmas costumes. <laughs> oh, wow. That's uh, oddly specific. That's kind of the same feeling I had when I walked into D9. I was just disappointed when I'm, you know, you all that. All right, John from Canada. I know um, another one that came to my mind was Bissell Brothers up in Maine. I got to be honest, the Portland area, there's a ton of hype around Bissell Brothers, and I've been there now a couple times. Every time I go there, their stuff's like pretty good, but it's not rocking my world either. I think they're. I think they get a little too much credit sometimes. Sorry, Bissell Brothers. There's better beer in Portland. I might. Uh, I might have a bit of controversy here. Yeah. So, first of all, by the way, Google Voice had a wonderful time trying to actually translate what the Canadian said into text, just yeah. reading his voicemail here. They're, they're hard to understand. I, I they can't. are, aren't they? Uh, so a bit of controversy here. And let me explain it because Uh-oh. I think an overrated one was going to be ass clown. Oh, and it's overrated because I think we just built our expectations or I built my expectations so high because of the name and thought, Oh wow, the name's <laughs> awesome. Therefore the beer must be awesome. And I think I had two full flights there and I'm, yeah. and I'm going back through my mind about what I really like from them. And it was maybe only two or three beers. And, and that means like two or three standouts. The rest were good beers, but they weren't necessarily, they didn't live up to the hype. Now I love the experience of going there and sitting in that corner and seeing all those bottles and cans on the wall, but the beer didn't quite match my expectations. Maybe that's my fault for building it up too high, but I'm thinking about what John asked and talked about mm-hmm. Treehouse and Trillium. And those are examples of really good breweries, but maybe the experience didn't quite match your expectations. I don't, I don't think I'd built ass clown up that high in terms of beer quality. You are right. We kind of, it was like almost like a joke in the group kind of building it up because of the name, but I, I don't, I didn't have any expectations of the beer. So I was okay. And I liked their beer. It was, it was good. It was good. It was I like their merch. I, I have, 
uh, a hat from them that I wear all the time. <laughs> a a great it. hat. <laughs> and I have, a, I have a pint glass. I'm a big fan of for Mass Clown. Drink it. Don't be one. Shilling for Mass Clown. All right. No other answers to that one. Casey, how about you? Yeah. So mine's pretty easy. And I think I've discussed it a thousand times on the pod. Um, <laughs> it's definitely D9. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I really don't think it's close, to, to be honest, for me. I, I, and, I, and what sucks about it is like I can usually find something I like at just about any brewery. And especially now that I've started to try and open my palate up a little bit. Uh, like for Asklon, I, I actually really enjoyed it. One, I've been there before, so I, I knew what to expect. But two, they had a phenomenal, what was that uh, stout? It was like a raspberry chocolate stout, right, Jack? Oh, yeah. And the peppermint thing, chocolate stout. And the peppermint stout. Mm, that'll make you want to slap your mama. It was so good. <laughs> but for me, D9, pretty much well-known for their sours, or I'm going to put well-known in quotation marks, but... Yeah, I built it up, pulled up, like Jack said, a great facility. I was really excited going into it and then just absolutely let down for the, uh, I'll try and be a, a little bit PC, but just mm -hmm. absolutely let down. But I mean, you know, teach their own, right? If you like puke, have at it. It's, you it's your place. If you like puke, head on down to District 9 Brewing. Sorry, District 9. All right, John. Well, there's a few answers for you. I know one last one on the top of my head before we move on was uh, actually Two Roads Brewing in Connecticut. I think that has a lot of hype in Connecticut sometimes. I think their beers are meh, meh. Sorry, Two Roads. So uh, once again, our voicemail number, if you want to leave us a voicemail, is 774-224-0708. Call us on our Google Voice number. Leave us a, a voice message, and we will play it on the air, assuming it is not offensive or anything terrible. So... Uh, from there, before we move on to our bracket this week, we're going to be making sure we plug our socials. Of course, we have an Instagram and a Twitter, which you should follow. Uh, username is just name of the podcast, Counterpint, C-O-U-N-T-E-R-P-I-N-T-S. We also have an untapped account where we check in every beer that we drink on the pod if you're looking for some hot recommendations from the boys themselves. So this week, we are going to be bringing back a... Uh, I don't know if this is generous to say, but a fan favorite topic is Disney movies. So after our two-part uh, Disney villain showdown special, you know, we caught a little bit of the Disney fever and decided we like talking about Disney. So we thought, what's another important aspect of a Disney movie that could be argued about? And we came down to uh, sidekicks, and I believe specifically protagonist sidekicks. So we're not looking at any of the evil sidekicks like Pain and Panic from Hades or Iago from Aladdin, but we were looking at the, basically the good guy sidekicks. And in an added note, we had to remove one sidekick pair that we found was too powerful for this bracket, and that is Timon and Pumbaa from The Lion King. Um, after our expert bracket evaluation, we determined that Timon and Pumbaa was effectively going to sweep the entire bracket with no competition because they are absolute legends. So we decided to remove them and basically do a battle for second place. So Yes, and I will add something to that. Mm -hmm. Here's a tease for 2021. Timon and Pumbaa will be on our Disney Dynamic Duo bracket. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just get excited. This, basically, we're just going to turn this podcast into a, Disney, into a Disney pod. Yeah, wait for that cease and desist letter. <laughs> Disney, please don't sue us. Okay, so before we move into the Disney Sidekicks bracket, we're going to do a second beer check-in for the podcast. I'm going to start this one off. I've got the... Mega Treat from Treehouse, which is their third iteration on top of the Treat beer. I'm going to be honest, I typically don't like Treat, but I liked Super Treat, so I'm intrigued by Mega Treat. Yeah, their naming conventions are interesting. 
Okay, let's go to Casey. What do you got? So I, I found this beer uh, at Hazel's in, in Boulder, um, and I hadn't heard of this brewery, but it's located in Denver on California Street. It's Woods Boss Brewing Company. It is an uh, independent craft-associated brewery, but its name is In the Shadows of Giants, mm. and it's a double New England IPA. This is a really, really, really good beer. Okay. Uh, I gave it a 425 on my check-in, but you know, it's always fun to get those little gems, those hidden gems that you've just never mm. heard of at, at the, when you can buy singles at a store. So cheers. Jack, you're up next. Yep. I'm going with a sour. <clears throat> I'm going with the, uh, the harvester from abomination brewing one of Pennsylvania's bests. God damn it. <laughs> Had to do it. Uh, sour ale with gooseberry mango and red raspberry. This one is an easy four or five delicious. I actually just today, um, courtesy of podcast alumni, Brian picked up another variant of Harvester. I think it's like a blackberry raspberry one with a purple can. So they make more than one of those. Quite intrigued to try it. So those are very good. Is this the, uh, the same Brian who stopped drinking beer? <sighs> I can confirm Brian has not stopped drinking beer. Saw him, heard him drink one at least about an hour ago. Okay. We'll go over our bracket real quick. So we did a little bit of a modification this week that I don't think we've done before. We did instead, and we did not do an even number of contestants in terms of an eight versus 16-man bracket. We actually went with 10. So we have two, Jack, correct me if I'm wrong on this terminology, we have two buys, correct? Correct. All right. So we picked a, we picked a one and a two seed right off the bat. Um, in this case, it will be Mushu from Mulan. And Tinkerbell from Peter Pan will be our two buys. So they will move automatically onto the second round. So our first round will consist of two bouts. The first being Thumper from Bambi against Pegasus from Hercules. And then Lumiere and Cogsworth from Beauty and the Beast. We figured that they really were kind of an item, the two of them together. And then Miko from Pocahontas. Once they advance, the, the fight will be between the winner of that and Flounder from The Little Mermaid, will go against Jiminy Cricket. We will also see Abu from Aladdin against Baloo the Bear from Jungle Book. So, we will start with Thumper from Bambi against Pegasus from Hercules. Let's start with Disney expert to lead us off, Jack. Yeah, so going into this matchup, I thought I was, I knew what I was going to do. And I just saw a little clip of Baby Pegasus, and it changed my mind. <laughs> Baby Pegasus is one of the most adorable things I've ever seen in my life. And for that reason alone, Pegasus beats Thumper. Damn. All right, got an early vote for Pegasus due to the cuteness factor. Let's go to Kevin. All right, so I don't deny that Pegasus is cute. He is very cute, but he's also a flying car. So I, I really doubt his his skills as a sidekick because he's just a flying car <laughs> thumper on the other hand well i mean i can't i cannot really remember a lot of the disney movie all i really remember is the the uh, snl skit about uh, what was it dwayne the rock johnson playing the new bambi and uh and what's his name doing the parody of vin, uh, diesel. vin diesel as awesome. thumper right I think, so he's always, I think it was taron Killam. that's the name of the actor Killam, you're right yeah yeah, and so well I'm just going to give this to, to Thumper on the merits of Vin Diesel as Thumper in the rock <laughs> version of Bambi. <laughs> Going thumping. <laughs> it's a good sketch. Readers or listeners, you ever hear it? Go ahead. Look that one up. Um, I'll go third. So Thumper against Pegasus. I'm a little bit in Kevin's corner and from the, the sense that 
Pegasus is more of like a means of conveyance to Hercules. He does have some character. Jack is right. He is cute. This is a very close one for me. The thing that really struck out to me from Thumper, from seeing Bambi not that long ago when I went and rewatched basically every animated traditional Disney movie, is that he's kind of an asshole in a funny way. Like he's, you know, portrayed as a child for most of the movie. And for instance, when Bambi is born, like Thumper basically makes fun of the fact that Bambi can't walk and goes like, oh, why does he keep falling down? And, and then the mom's like, you know, shush, you know, stop it. And I'm like, well, oh, you know, Thumper's kind of a dick, but like, that's funny. Like in a movie from the 40s, like him pointing, going like, wow, that baby sucks. I was like, all right, Thumper, you know, we, we, we got to cut some common ground here. Pegasus is all, he doesn't talk. It's just all personalities conveyed by, you know, his animation and facial expressions. I do like him, but I don't know. Thumper's asshole factor pushes him over a little bit to me. So that's going to be a 2-1 Thumper advantage. Um, Casey, up to you. Cool. Yeah, so for me, this is pretty easy. I, I totally disagree with the statement that he's just a flying car. Uh, <laughs> he possesses strength. He breaks away from chains that are created by gods. Okay. He has stamina and speed. Everything you're looking for in a sidekick. The sidekick is supposed to be there to support the main character, which he does. He supports Hercules very well. So I, I don't understand it, this whole idea of Thumper, what, because of Dwayne the Rock Johnson? If <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson was Pegasus, you probably would have voted for him. So what I'm really understanding is that you just like big, bald men, Kevin. Not really looking at it for the substance of what it is to be a sidekick. It's just you like a I mean, big, bald, muscular man. Really? So all the, all the characteristics in your, in your sidekick were interesting. Was it reliable, strong, fast, endurance? All good skills possessed by a Honda Civic as well. So, <laughs> I mean, I have which is more than you can say here. for a, which is more than you can say about a rabbit. Yeah, but I'm on that side where I like, like a, a, a character here. You know, he's a, Thumper is less. Thumper is an asshole. He's actually more of a compelling character. He's a less practical sidekick. Your point is known, Casey. Pegasus is definitely more useful than Thumper. So I thought Thumper was more of a Thumper was more interesting character to me than Pegasus was as a horse. Uh, I guess to each their own. But it's just uh, the the Disney folks out there are just going to think you guys are ludicrous in your takes because it's just a bunny rabbit. All right, that brings us to an immediate tie in the first round. So. Um, as we have done in the past, we have our one person on each side takes a guess at a third person's untapped score and a beer, and that'll bring a, a tiebreaker. Do we have it prepared? We do. We do. So I'm going to pick a beer of Jack's. I, I'll put out there that if Thumper, if Thumper wins, I'm quitting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're <laughs> some high stakes already. We've barely, we haven't even got past the first round. Go ahead. This, this is, this is fortuitous here. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to read this. This is a beer from. Pig Pounder Brewery Ooh. called Pegasus. All right. Pegasus. P I G A S U S. It is a Imperial double IPA, 9% ABV. Jack rated it some time ago. Pig Pounder, by the way, is from Greensboro, North Carolina. Four. And and Jack didn't give any notes to it. Don't care. Four. I'm coming out strong, even though it's of no advantage. Four, two, five. So I will say this, Matt, you rated this beer yourself. Oh, really? And you <laughs> gave it. Just looking at Jack's. <laughs> Matt, you gave it a 3.5. Ooh, all right. So and average. You rated it. When Jack rated it, he gave it 
a 2.75. Wow. Trash. So, wow. Holy shit. The I was closest rating usually is likes 4.0. All right, yeah. Jack, you're off the podcast because Thumper's <laughs> no, moving that forward. Was not one of their best, but God damn it. All right. Have a nice night, boys. All right. Well, Jack, it's been a pleasure having you on. All right. So with that, we'll move on to the next round. That's going to be Lumiere and Cogsworth, the animated candle and clock, respectively, from Beauty and the Beast, as well as Miko from Pocahontas. That's the raccoon that is uh, Pocahontas' sidekick. So let's start this off with the person who voted last in the last one. Casey, go ahead. Yeah, this one's really, really easy for me. Big fan of Beauty and the Beast here. Uh, and especially, I actually really like the remake too. I know we're not really talking about that, but I did like the remake uh, with Emma Watson. Yeah, I'm going to go with Lumiere and, and Cogsworth. Pretty easy for me. All right, we've got a strong first pick. I'll go second on this one to offer an immediate uh, counter pint, I suppose. So, uh, between these two, I guess this is a little bit, but they're both, in my opinion, pretty mediocre Disney Renaissance films. Pocahontas and Beauty and the Beast are two of my least favorite of the kind of 80s through 90s era. I just, out of these two pairs, I found Lemire and Cogsworth, to be honest, kind of annoying throughout the movie. It's a lot of just kind of going like, ooh, the beast is scary and we've got to have this curse freed. And it was a little, more like exposition dumps half the time. Versus I, Miko's really just a comedy character. It's it's the, the whole stick is basically him eating crackers or him fucking with the dog that is General Ratcliffe owns. And I got to admit, some of the scenes with Miko were pretty fucking funny. Like they actually would make me laugh out loud versus Lumiere and Cogsworth. I just don't have really that strong of an opinion on. It. So I'm going to put one in for Miko on this one. Let's go to Kevin. Yeah, I'm not sure I actually have a definitive vote to give here because I, I just... You know, Beauty and the Beast was a, a, one of the earlier movies that I saw. Pocahontas never really stuck with me. I know Miko was kind of funny. He That's did fair. have a uh, he had a sidekick of his own too. That that hummingbird, right? That's which right. I kind of liked. So if I'm if I'm really gonna weigh Miko against the pair of Lumiere and Cogsworth, I'm gonna kind of cheat and include Flit. I think was the thing's name. That's fair. He probably should have been part of that duo. I think it's a good point. Uh, and that hummingbird was cute as hell. So I'm gonna give it to the. <laughs> To the to the hummingbird that wasn't even on the bracket. That doesn't quite make sense, I know, but we'll see what uh, what Jack has to say about this. All right, Disney expert Jack, you're up to bat. Two one, Miko's favorite at the moment. Yeah, like Lumiere and Cogsworth are like that seven seed in like the real NCAA tournament. That if they can just get by that first matchup, they're gonna like go to the final four. Like they are a powerhouse threat. That two seeds waiting, Tinkerbell. Can they get by the ten seed Miko? By the way, Matt, those were biscuits. Those weren't crackers, so get that straight. Oh, my God. What's the difference? When I was a little kid and I went to the Disney character breakfast, I actually brought a Nilla wafer <laughs> to Miko because that's what I thought he was eating. He was my favorite character, and there is no question I am going to put him into the next round. Miko wins. Miko is surprisingly funny. As that movie wasn't a huge fan of, but Miko was pretty funny at a few points. All right, so with a three to one, um, we have an immediate win for Miko. So uh, that's going to move us on to round two. Starting with, this will be a four, a four matchup round two because we're going to have our buys will now enter the competition. Starting with Mushu from Mulan against Thumper from Bambi. Kevin, you're up first. Uh, this is an easy one. All right, I didn't think Thumper would make it that far. I'm surprised he made it to round two, and he's not going to advance any further, in my opinion, because Mushu is a solid sidekick. All right, voiced by Eddie Murphy, he has the attitude and charisma. That just, I actually kind of like him more than I like Mulan in that movie. I'm going to be honest. As a sidekick, he mm. really steals that movie. So, 
you know, dishonor on you, dishonor on your cow, Mushu, all the way. <laughs> it's pretty good. All right, uh, Jack, take it away. What do you got? Yeah, let me be straight. For most of these sidekicks, I like them way better than the heroes in the movie. <laughs> I like Nico way better than Pocahontas. Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, it definitely goes the same for Mushu. Thumper shouldn't even be here. It should be Pegasus, but whatever. We're saving Pegasus from an absolute 4 nothing sweep. Put Mushu into the next round. <laughs> All right, two for Mushu. Uh, Casey, go ahead. So for me, this is that, that moment in the NCAA tournament when you get the lower seed and it has this incredible like 20-point Second half, you know, they're down 20 points at halftime. They come back, they win, and then they get absolutely fucking shot on <laughs> the next game. That is what this is right here. This isn't even close. Jack, Kevin said everything that needs to be said. Mushu moves on. All right. Three nothing Mushu um, for the last vote, which does not matter at this point. I'll also give it to Mushu. Between these two characters, Eddie Murphy's obviously his voice acting has a lot of character to it, you know, kind of a la Robin Williams, the genie. Um, Mushu has a lot of character. He's very funny. He's got some great lines. He can't help but like Mushu. Thumper's got some, I think, he's got some validity to him. There's parts of that movie where I thought Thumper's actually kind of funny, but nah, Mushu's way better. So Mushu definitely deserves the sweep here. So that'll be a 4 nothing sweep for Mushu. And we'll move on to our 4 and 5 seed. We've got Flounder from The Little Mermaid against Jiminy Cricket from Pinocchio. Let's start this one off with Jack. Oh, this one's super easy for me. Um, I am probably the biggest, I'm definitely the biggest Pinocchio fan on this podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge Jiminy Cricket fan. Wish Upon a Star is my favorite Disney song. Um, I would, he's, he is a definite sidekick in this movie. I know it's going to be argued. He helps Pinocchio (laughs) along the way in every sense of the word. Jiminy Cricket, move him on. Let him face the big boy Mushu. I'm voting for Jiminy. All right. Got an early strong vote for Jiminy. Casey, what do you got? Yeah. So I'm going to have an immediate counter to that. Um, I think Pinocchio um, is, I will say this. I think Jiminy Cricket, it might be one of the most well-known sidekicks in the Disney universe. However, that doesn't mean anything. I, I just don't understand his point, what he does. I, I know Jack says he helps him. Eh. <laughs> But Flounder, I mean, come on. The Little Mermaid, let's go. Wait, what does Flounder do for Ariel? Yeah, I'd like to hear what what Flounder does. Absolutely emotional support for her during some of the most tragic experiences that I would assume a mermaid can have in life. I don't know. I'm not a mermaid. But I would assume that that is absolutely tragic. He is her uh, support. So we're going to say he's a support fish because now in 2020, a rock can be a support animal, apparently. <laughs> emotional support fish. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he is the emotional support that, that she needs to continue to fight to, 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 to see her dream. So for that reason, Flounder, let's go. All right, we've got Flounder moving with one point. So um, I'll go third here. So between these two, I hate to say, I kind of agree with Jack on this one. I don't, I don't like the movie Pinocchio. I think it's one of probably the bottom three Disney animated films, but Jiminy Cricket's a good character, and he's one of the only, I think, saving graces of the film sometimes. He's got a lot of character to him. He's like kind of sarcastic and like a little weirdly bitter at points in the movie that I wasn't really expecting. He absolutely saves Pinocchio's ass like in a huge way, especially on the Donkey Island when he pretty much, if it wasn't for Jiminy Cricket, Pinocchio was going to get turned into a donkey just straight up because Pinocchio 
for the record, is a dumb asshole that entire movie. He just is the whole movie is him fucking up over and over. And it's it's things saving him. It's the fairy godmother or the blue fairy or whatever. And then Jiminy Cricket. And then I guess, I don't know what, fire saves him from Monstro or just God's will at that point. So Jiminy Cricket, I just think is a funnier, more practical character. I think that's been an element of the sidekick so far. Flounder, I have no idea, to be honest, why he's a four seed besides maybe he's recognizable because Little Mermaid is so big of a movie. Though he doesn't do much in that film. He just kind of whines. He, you know, yells for Ariel. He's like, Casey brings up a good point. I think he is like, he's supportive towards her. But if you want to talk like a real supportive character in that movie that's really doing shit, it's Sebastian. It's not fucking Flounder. Like, Flounder, just kind of a whiny piece of shit, that old film. So I'm definitely giving it to Jiminy Cricket. So, Kevin, it is 2-1. Jiminy Cricket's favor. What do you got? Well, get that tiebreaker ready because I think... That flounder has it going. I mean, sure, Jiminy Cricket's got a style, but I really do think he's a plot device in that movie and not so much of a sidekick. I will say, though, that uh, Flounder, he's cute. He's got a hot, crazy redhead for a friend. I think he wins. He's just winning right now. So I think he should win here as well. But Flounder through. Okay, so that's going to bring He us also to- does okay. help Ariel escape. Uh, the I can't remember exactly. There's like a, a guard or something like that. And he helps her escape by teaching her different fishing things. Uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm just going off of my memory here, but he does help her escape. So just like in your guys' opinion, Jenny Cricket saves Pinocchio, who is a wooden toy. Uh, I mean, that's true. Doesn't really need to, Joe Flounder doesn't really need to, We got it. We got it. Great. But he doesn't really need saving because he's a toy. Flounder helps save uh, he's Eric. He's a real boy. So, How dare you? He's a toy. He's a, uh, watch the whole movie. He's a real boy. <laughs> I don't think Casey ever finished Pinocchio. I did. Just because you say you're a real boy doesn't mean you are a real boy. Uh, <laughs> he is a boy at the end of that movie. You bet your ass. So, <laughs> all right. So we have a tiebreaker here. I'd say I'm. I'll do the reading here. I will. Let's, let's put a uh, Kevin, who was very actually, yeah. Let's put Kevin a guy on this one because he was so strongly opinioned about uh, Flounder against Jack Jiminy Cricket's. Stalwart protector. So I'm going to read one of Casey's beers. I've got it right well in front of me. Flounder in. I never win these ever. I have not won one yet. You've got a chance, my friend. Today, today could be your day. All right. So we're going to take a we're going to take a beer from uh, Casey's 30th birthday trip that we were all on. It is from Ten Barrel Brewing in Denver, Colorado. We have a Irish dry stout called Biggie Smalls. Give me a right. Jack, would you like to go first, or do you want me to go first? I'll, I'll let you, you think you have not a shot at winning this, so whatever helps you think you have a chance here. <laughs> oh, boy. I remember 10 Barrel, by the way. This is where, this is where we met that random guy. That's who what that creepy old man was. Casey, Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe it influenced his writing. Who knows? One of the weirdest experiences I've ever had at a brewery. <laughs> weird. Just weird. And wouldn't leave me alone. Like, just I, stayed. Like- and then left and came back. Shout out to that old man. Go ahead, Jack. I'm going to go with a three, two, five. Good. Ooh. All right. I'll go three, five then. All right. So Casey's rating for Biggie Smalls from 10 Barrel Brewing was a 2.5. Wow. Well done. Which Jack gives Jack his Jack got first it. Jack tiebreaker got it. win. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. Casey I, apparently I, I, did not like that beer. Sorry, Biggie yeah. Smalls. Rest Literally sending Jiminy to get his ass kicked, but at least he got one. All it's right. going to get bar- barbecued in the next round. A little mushu fish right there. Or chicken. <laughs> <I think. laughs> 
All right, so Jiminy will move on from the tiebreaker, and we'll move on to the next matchup. We've got Tinkerbell from Peter Pan against Miko from Pocahontas. I'll go first on this one. Tinkerbell, I might argue, similar to a voicemail that we received from our Canadian uh, listener, that talk about a a sidekick that I think is overhyped. I think it is Tinkerbell. She is a huge, huge character in the Disney canon. I, I completely agree. She has her own series. She's on... I think as Casey pointed out another day, she lights the Disney castle. Like she's a huge character. There's no doubt. It's because it, the prop at the end of the day, to me, it's not a popularity contest. I guess it's who I personally like. And having rewatched Peter Pan recently, I don't hate Tinkerbell, but I just don't think she's that big of a deal. The part of her that I very strongly remember, which I actually found entertaining was how she gets really jealous of Wendy taking Peter's attention and just straight up basically tries to have her killed by Captain Hook. So, She's got some ice in those veins. I appreciate it, but she's not that memorable in the movie. And Pocahontas, a movie that's a little kind of was pretty bland overall. Miko, I'm telling you, made me fucking laugh quite a few times. With those he's, he's a good slapstick character. So I just found him more interesting. I think Tanker Bell is perhaps more practical or useful sidekick because of some of the magic powers, including being able to make people fly. That's pretty clutch. But I don't know, man. Miko with those biscuits pretty funny so i'm gonna give me go my vote i'm gonna gonna follow you right in right there like it it. was a turnoff for me when um when tinkerbell just got super jealous and possessive of peter pan like that was just like come on you have fairy powers and you're just gonna fawn over this one lost boy Mm -hmm. Nah, i mean miko was cute miko had his has had his jokes and his gimmicks i think he's he he wins this and tinkerbell frankly kind of hurt herself (laughs) that's a vote for miko yeah, it's a vote for Miko. Ooh, I'm, I'm surprised to see too. All right, let's go to Jack for the third vote. Man, this is tough. I think when you think about Disney World, like Tinkerbell's everywhere. Like she's literally on every advertisement. She's like, she's like, waves her little wand to like put the little star above the eye in Disney. Like she is everything with Disney World. She's such a big name. And like, I, I was surprised Miko, I could even convince you guys to put him on this list. And now we're talking about putting him into the final four. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. And I have all the control to do it. And I'm going to take that power and I'm going to, I'm going to give him the third vote. Miko's going to move on. Damn. All right. Wow. Holy shit. I think Miko had a good, he had like a good path here. Sometimes that happens, right? I think we're uh, about to hear a lecture. Uh, I'm just going to, just by the facial. Casey looks upset. I think it's coming. So, something. Yeah, can we get, get him to like well, this, is, this is about to be a scolding right here. Okay, so for the fourth vote, Casey, what do you think about this matchup? I think you all lose complete credibility. <laughs> I think Jack just had that title of uh, the Disney expert ripped away from him. I can't believe that this is real life. You'll have to pry that title out of my cold day. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck you guys are smoking, but Tinkerbell is probably the second most well-known Disney character in the Disney universe, maybe even equal to, but I would put her just a slight peg below Mickey Mouse. I'm pretty sure Ow. if you watch the Disney She's definitely channel, not equal. Let's say, whoa. She, she does, she does the, the, the outline of, you know, Mickey's ears. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Disney Channel, like she lights the castles, she dots the eye, like Jack said. I just, I can't believe we're even talking about Miko. Like this is, this is actually, this is actually insane to me that we have put Miko into the Final Four. I say this is even more of an upset than a one over a six team 
This is like a 154th over the one seed because I can't even fathom that fucking a raccoon from a less than mediocre Disney movie is going to the final four. I, I, I can't conceptually. And the fact that Kevin put him in because of a fucking hummingbird, that's like a half a point. If you're doing it because of the hummingbird and not the actual character that's on the list, this is insane. I can't. What is going can, on? Can I ask I a thought, I thought 2020 couldn't get crazier. <laughs> I was fucking wrong. I was absolutely wrong. Those For things years. that you said about Tinkerbell have nothing to do with her being in the Right. Movie. That's my point. She's popular, but why do you like Tinkerbell? What does... Okay. This is... Okay. I go back to my thing about Pegasus. He actually does something in the movie. You guys gave me some bullshit that Thumper's cute. That's not doing anything in the movie. So, therefore, all actual explanations are out the fucking window. It's hmm. fair. And I, you'll never hear me defend Kevin's logic on this podcast. That's for like sure. I, I, I'm stunned. <laughs> I, I, listeners, I'm stunned. I'm flabbergasted. But I think there's more to a sidekick than practicality. Like you're right. I think Tinkerbell's more practical. She's a fucking fairy. Sidekick. She could do anything that True. she wants to do. Therefore, she might be the most powerful sidekick on this fucking uh, uni- in this fucking universe. I, I, I'm sorry. I just, I, wow. Okay, Miko goes on. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> Holy shit. Right, I need some fucking Tylenol. I think we're going to give Casey an aneurysm here. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, so, you know, Miko, in a, I, I will agree, a stunning upset. We'll move on to the final four over Tinkerbell. Well done, Miko. Those, you eat those biscuits in a very entertaining. Co- controversy and chaos is our bread and butter, right? Well, hey, we, yeah, we are, as we found out, what 1056 describes us as the chaos podcast. Not in right. So we're going to move on to the final matchup of round two. We've got two of our animal sidekicks, Abu from Aladdin against Baloo from The Jungle Book. Let's start with Kevin. So this is, this is actually tough, right? We had some, some surprising upsets. I think this is... This was a really hard choice. I did go and back and watch some of the, the clips of Baloo because when we were doing our planning session for this week's podcast, yes, by the way, listeners, we actually plan these, believe it or not. I mean, I seem like <laughs> shocking. <laughs> we plan these. We also plan for things to go off the rails too and certain people to get too drunk at times. It usually varies from week to week. Anyway, present host Matt swore by Baloo. I know I'm foreshadowing to his vote, Ooh, here, but, give it but I went back and I looked up at you know, who Baloo was, what was he about, what's his, what's his deal? And I got to agree. He actually is a solid psychic. He has a lot of presence in that movie. He has, I think, his own song, right? The Bare Necessities. Mm-hmm. Forget about it, man. But he ran into Abu. And I think Abu as a little monkey wearing that cute little fez. And I think he has a vest as well, right? He does. He's got a little outfit. I think, I think he just, he's a, he's a better sidekick. I think Baloo might, this was, this was hard for me. I think Abu wins this. All right, we've got one vote for Abu. As Kevin did to me, I think another one. I will immediately counter that one. As foreshadowed by Kevin, I am a big Baloo fan. In similar vein, a little bit of Tinkerbell in my mind. Baloo is a very big Disney character, more from a lot of the television shows. Television shows like Tailspin. Um, he's all over the place. I've loved Baloo. Uh, Philip Harris's voice is so iconic as like that jazz swinging, like, yo, hey, man, like rock the groove, baby. Like, I love the way his voice sounds. The Jungle Book, going through all the movies sequentially, it was really the first big Disney film that had, like, in my mind, very memorable 
um, catchy kind of music that kind of became its, you know, one of its big strengths, especially in the 80s, 90s era. Because like Kevin mentioned, Bare Necessity is a great song. You've also got his role in singing part of, let's say, I Want to Be Like You with King Louie and Mowgli. He's just a whole, he has a great presence in that movie, like the the relaxed, you know, whatever you want to do, man. Like, you want to be a bear, Mowgli? Let's hang out and just eat bananas and fuck around all day. Like, like you want to be Baloo. Like, you love his attitude on life. But when it comes down to it, he's a very useful character in that movie because I'm going to be honest, he basically kicks the shit out of Shere Khan at the end of this movie. So I want to say if practicality has come up and effectiveness as a sidekick has been a strong theme on this bracket. Baloo, I can't think of anyone else here besides maybe I think Mushu off the top of my head that directly is in conflict or combat with the main villain. And so he is a brave motherfucker. He fights a tiger. He's got some great songs, great voice. Baloo is kick-ass. Absolutely. Baloo's probably my favorite on this pod. Uh, or sorry, this bracket. I think a six seed is criminally underrated. He gets my vote big time. Let's move on to Casey. I'm trying so hard to just like goose baba this right now <laughs> because I'm still all hot and bothered. But bringing in this other bullshit reasoning uh, that's apparently come into this, because Abu hangs out with Raja, the tiger that is friends or that is – Jasmine sidekick, mm-hmm. I think he should move on. That's my reasoning right there. That <laughs> wow. is literally my reasoning because apparently a fucking hummingbird can push a <laughs> raccoon through oh, she's a spite that vote. has no effect on anything. No, I mean, it's not a spite vote because I, I actually believe that Abu uh, is one of the, the top sidekicks in his bracket. I, I agree, though, Matt. Hmm. I do like Baloo. I think he's a very fun-loving, easy-going yeah, bear. And, and yeah, he has one good moment where, you know, he does actually pretty much save the day. But again, as a sidekick, I don't believe you're the one that's supposed to save the day. <laughs> so he's too oh, effective. you be the main character. He's too effective so, as a sidekick. Uh, he's too effective in that sense. So <laughs> I'm going to go with a boo. I also want to point out here real quick, just because we're on the topic. Mm. I, I still think that the, the top sidekick, but again, he might just be too much of a, of a sidekick and too powerful is the genie from this movie. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's another one where you kind of got to put an asterisk next to him. Kind of like Timon and Pumbaa. I feel like it would have been too easy to put him through, but that's just one man's opinion. But none, nonetheless, I'm, I'm moving a, a boo through. All right, Jack, you are up last. We've got two, one, a boo's favor at the moment. Yep. I think Casey was going to strangle me through the computer screen on the last one, but I think I'm going to make him happy on this one. I too, I'm going to, Boo. Uh, I'm going to put a boo in just simply because I think he's cute and I like the Latin better than the Jungle Book. <laughs> I do unfortunately think it becomes a large factor in the sidekicks is like you pick the movie you like better. I, like, I think that's why Flounder honestly was a high pick was because Little Mermaid's a great movie but as a character eh. you got to factor right. in the nostalgia too like when we saw these movies. It's definitely it was, an element but you know no one, no one has ever pretended on Counterpoints that this is a, uh, an objective podcast. So. This, is, this is a fair and unbiased as Fox <laughs> That's right. News podcast. <laughs> no, there's no fake news here on Counterpoints. Um, okay, so with that, Abu will take it over Baloo with a 3-1 to one victory, moving him on to the final four. With that, we will begin the final four with Mushu of Mulan fame against Jiminy Cricket from Pinocchio. Let's start with Casey on this one. Yeah, this one's really easy for me. 
I, I feel like I've said everything I need to say about Jiminy Cricket uh, and that movie of Pinocchio. But Mulan takes this, and, and, and Mushu is, might be the best sidekick in this bracket. I think it's actually established that way because he is the one seed. I don't think you're going to see an upset here. And if we do, I literally am never doing a Disney bracket again. So if you guys want to do a Disney bracket, I'm out. <laughs> I will sit here and I will watch and I will listen. But I, that, this, is, this will be absolutely ridiculous to me. So Mushu moves on. Let's go. Kevin, go next. So if you remember from Mulan, Mushu had a sidekick named Cricky. Ooh, that's right. And he oh, the humming was Mulan. a cricket. No, 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 no. So if <laughs> the cricket's already the sidekick to the dragon, how can we possibly put Jiminy Cricket through? I think this is an easy win for Mushu here. All right. My, my, my love for Mushu and Eddie Murphy playing him is, is on the record, I think, at this point and needs not be reinforced. Mushu, put him through. All right. We've got two for Mushu. Uh, Jack, go ahead. Kevin, don't you dare. Don't you dare discourage Jiminy Cricket with that little thing from Mulan that no one cares about. <laughs> Jiminy will lose with Jiminy here if he goes down. He is certainly getting my vote. Um, I'm a fan of the upset. I like Pinocchio better than the movie Mulan anyway. Mushu does play a vital role. Um, I can't deny that. He certainly does. But I like the character of Jiminy better. I'm going with Jiminy. All right, so that brings us uh, to Mushu. One, Jiminy Cricket, um, for the final vote. So between these two characters, I think at the end of the day, what kind of made my decision at a certain level in a way is actually maybe refuting an earlier argument I made and supporting one that Casey did, uh, is that Jiminy Cricket at times is not a very effective sidekick. And there's a moment that I remember from that movie where I was like, Jesus Christ, Jiminy is useless. It is when Pinocchio is accosted by these two humanoid cats. It's a fox and a cat, I believe, and they're leading him to go perform at um, the Gypsies with Stromboli was his name. That's right, Stromboli's puppet show. And Jiminy just is so tiny that he basically can't get Pinocchio's attention, and Pinocchio just keeps making bad decision after bad decision while Jiminy screams in the background, you know, Pinocchio, stop being a fuckhead for three seconds, and Pinocchio barely listens. So my problem with Jiminy sometimes, he means well. He's definitely sidekick material. He's got some character to him. I do like him, but doesn't always do a very good job. And then Mushu kind of matches them in the other categories. He's got a lot of characters, you know, character to him. He's funny. You like him. But then on top of that, he is occasionally effective, especially being when he fire, lights that fucking rocket, which takes out the Mongol army. I got to give Mushu credit for that one. No question. So uh, between these two, it's not a not a big difference. I like both. I think they're strong, but I'd give it to Mushu over Jiminy Cricket, which will put him through to the next round. You had me worried. Oh, thank you, God. You kept, you kept teasing oh, me like we were going to have like, pull, an upset here. I, I pulled that out a little longer than I probably needed to on purpose. Don't worry. All right, that'll move Mushu from Mulan on to the final round, and we have one more in the final four. We've got Miko, the shocking juggernaut of the sidekick bracket up against Abu of Aladdin fame. Um, I'll go first on this one. I think this is where Miko really meets his match because we've kind of, we have now kind of entered the slapstick cute animal angle of sidekicks. I think they both fill a similar niche, but Abu just kind of does a better job in general. Abu's a very funny character as well. He's got a lot of great moments in the movie, like him fucking around with the gems and stuff in the big, um, the tiger cave where all the treasure he's got the one where he tries to sword fight those guards 
he's he's a funny character. He's a lot very animated. He doesn't talk, but still has a lot of personality to him. I love the little jacket, little jacket and the little hat. He gets turned into an elephant. A lot of shit goes on with Abu. He's a great sidekick. I upset he beat Baloo, but I do like Abu here. Miko, I think, is maybe set points the best part of Pocahontas, but the problem is he's the best part of what's a pretty shit Renaissance film. Sorry, Pocahontas. I'd give this one to Abu. Let's go to Jack. I'm pretty sure I know how the other two guys are going to vote on this one, so I'll give Miko his one and only vote. I also love Abu, but I'm not going to, I will not let Miko get shut out here. <laughs> <laughs> the loyalist Miko vote. <laughs> I like it. All right, let's go, Casey. What do you got? Um, I, I just. I, I just can't believe that we're still talking about a goddamn raccoon here. Um, <laughs> and a hummingbird. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I forgot about the hummingbird. Uh, I used to shoot raccoons when I took track out in college because they would, like, hang out by, by the garbage cans. And so I, we, we bought airsoft guns in Chinatown in San Francisco. Oh, no. And I, was, uh, I used to just, like, pop at them uh, just so I could throw away garbage. So for that, a boo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Harder to shoot monkeys in the United States than it is to shoot raccoons. That's a good point. Kevin, you're up. I actually would love to hear more about Casey's life in uh, San Francisco, <laughs> shooting raccoons, living in Chinatown, because I'm pretty sure he <laughs> shot them and they ended up in the food there, but all right. Ooh, mm. um, I'm going to go ahead and say that this is where Miko's run ends. Mm. I, I am surprised he made it this far. I kind of almost promoted them as a gag just to see how far he'd go. Maybe think <laughs> our process a little bit. But Abu just, he's a real sidekick here. He's cuter. He does more. He, like Matt said, gets turned into an elephant. He gets put through the ringer. And, you know, eating little biscuits or crackers or cookies or whatever they are can only get you so far. So, sorry, Miko, but your, your run ends here. Abu to the finals. All right. So with that, Miko's, uh, his meteoric rise to the top is cut short by Abu, who takes it in a three-to-one victory. So that'll bring us on to our final round, which will be Abu against Mushu. Before we get to the last round, we've got Casey with a beer check. And Casey, go ahead. Thanks, Matt. I'm going to, this is a limited release from Dry Dock Brewing here in Colorado and is a sour cranberry. I've never had a sour cranberry beer. I've ne- I don't think I've ever had a cranberry beer. Don't hold me to that. It's November, and therefore I always associate cranberries with one of two things. It's either Ocean Spray in uh, Massachusetts, but probably most prominent is Thanksgiving. And so because of that, since we're getting every day closer and closer to Thanksgiving, cheers, and I'm going to get a can pop here. Ooh, beautiful. Warms my soul every time. Ooh, the foam's good. I'll say that's the weirdest way I've seen a man taste a beer in my life. Well, it got all over my fingers, so I figured I'm <laughs> not going to waste a drop. Suck it out of the carpet if you drop it, too. It's dedication. All right, so the final round begins. We've got Mushu against Abu. Let's start with Kevin. All right, this should be one of the easiest finals around. All right, this is an, I think, obvious win for Mushu here. Maybe I'm biased. Maybe my, my comrades will see it differently. But Eddie Murphy, it just carries the movie. Like, this is practically the genie from Aladdin or Timon and Pumbaa from The Lion King. Like, this Mushu might be so good, we might have needed to leave him off this bracket. All right. Mm-hmm. I think he wins this hands down. 
Guys, what do you think? All right, I'll immediately counter on that one. Um, I think this is where I give Abu a slight edge over Mushu. I don't think it's it's not a runaway win for me. These are both very strong ones, but in a way, sometimes Eddie Murphy's character is so good that it's a little overbearing in the movie, and I think there's a little subtlety to Abu's character as a sidekick that makes him kind of one of the quintessential Disney sidekicks because he remains in the background a little more. He's not constantly talking. We've kind of brought it up a couple times, but sometimes Mushu, like some other characters, you know, like the, the genie, as Casey mentioned, sometimes there's so much of a presence in the movie, he really takes a forefront to a character like Mulan, who sometimes doesn't have a lot of personality, whereas Aladdin, I find, is more personality, and Abu does a good job complimenting Aladdin's brashness as kind of like a, sometimes almost plays like a straight man as a monkey, so... I think he kind of fills the category a little bit better, and I'll give it to a boo. That was a well-reasoned argument. Is this also because you didn't like Mulan as much as you like Aladdin? It's, uh, you know, it's uh, like we've said, it's definitely always a factor. Uh, Going back and watching the films, I think Mulan was not as strong as I thought it was going to be. I think I gave it maybe a little too much credit because I like Make a Man Out of You as a song so much that I thought the film as a whole was going to be stronger. So, yes, I absolutely like Aladdin a lot better. It's probably, after going through all of them, it's a top three for sure. I can't deny it's at least somewhat of a fact. So, I mean, let's hard, move hard on. To argue. It was a solid movie. So <laughs> Hard to argue. A solid movie. Real good. All right, Casey. You're up third. Yeah, so for me, I just think this is a tough one. I, I'm not, I'm not going to beat around the bush or anything. I think this is a, this is a real tough decision because I, I like both. But for me, I come back to... What I've said earlier, and, and Matt and Kevin kind of touched on it a little bit with, you know, there, I think there are two, some of the two most iconic voice acting that has occurred in the Disney realm that isn't more recent, but is still kind of that old traditional style it, it is definitely uh, Eddie Murphy as Mushu. Uh, it's Robin Williams as the genie. So um, I think they both brought the quintessential like comedic feel. To, to some of these movies. And I, and I just, for me, it's, it's Eddie Murphy as Mulan. It's the fact that he does play a role as a sidekick. The, the matches are soaked in snow, so they won't light. So she pulls his tail and he spits out a little, a little flame to light that cannon off to kill. I believe it's the Han dynasty. I'm not hundred percent sure on that. Correct me if I'm wrong there, but also could be considered one of the most powerful and influential dynasties ever. <laughs> in world history and, wow. and this dragon takes it down. So I, for that reason, and I, I just think that he's a little more effective than a boo was. Uh, I think they both mm-hmm. bring a cuteness slash comedic uh, feel to, to the sidekick. But I just think Mushu is just that much better. Bring it on. Let's go. Mushu for the championship. Would you call Mushu cute? Fuck yeah. Hmm. Jack, you'll be moving on. You'll be moving on with the fourth vote. What do you got? So I'm going to pick one of Kevin's beers because I'm picking a boo. So we're going to a tiebreaker. Uh, <laughs> just, beer. Not, just right into it. Boom. Yeah, right into it. I wouldn't. Mushu has a mustache. He's not cute. Um, <laughs> a is adorable. I'm kind of with you. I don't think of Mushu as cute at all. Small. So, funny. He's more. He's fun. Mushu and Matt can have a boo. I'm picking oh, Kevin's boy. beer. <sighs> um, you guys can figure out who wants to go first. I started taking my phone out. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm going to pick a beer that uh, is called SoCal Distancing from McKellar Brewing in San Diego. Okay. It is a double dry hopped New England style IPA with Nelson Savant and Strata hops. Okay. So 
What did Kevin rate that be? Three seven five. I'm going with a four. Abu wins. What we got? Damn it. Woo! I remember not being impressed by that beer. There you go. And another case of uh, counterpints not going with the obvious favorite. (laughs) We continue that trend. Chaos and controversy, guys. Chaos and controversy. All right. We just so lose credibility left. The credibility right. continues to, to have. It just dissolves every episode as it typically does. So um, with that, with a tiebreaker finish, we have Abu from Aladdin taking it over Mushu from Mulan to be the best Disney sidekick. Boys, do we have any closing thoughts on Disney sidekicks. Besides, I would like to make one quick point. I still think Timon and Pumbaa would have fucking crushed this bracket. I agree. Same with the genie. Same with the genie. I, 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 agree. Agree. I the do not think he's a sidekick. Here. That's he's my problem. Bruce sidekick. Um, one thing I, I would say to counter that is all of the lists that have been put out by Disney aficionados say he is. Yeah, they're psychic. Would be my only counter to that. That he's in the top three on all of them consistently. Uh, but he's not on my list, and I'm the only dish- Disney aficionado that this is the only one here. Eh, I disagree. You oh. lost that title when you put in fucking Miko. So, fucking <laughs> watch that movie. Hummingbird. Get the fuck out of here. I didn't have any fun with the Hummingbird. I would never have associated the Hummingbird. <laughs> but you associated Miko. I just, again, I come back to what the fuck? What the actual fuck? Of all, of all people. You are the biggest person I've known who talks about childhood nostalgia. Mm, that true. character is for me. That's personal. He literally tried to feed an actor in a costume a cookie. Like, what do you expect him to do? Yeah, I, I mean, touche. That's fair. I yeah, I donated my Nilla wafer, and who doesn't like a Nilla wafer? So that will conclude our bracket section. We'll move on to the conclusion. So we will start with the best. Beer of the cast. We go host by host of the beers you've had. Which was your favorite? I will start. Mega Treat was pretty solid from Treehouse, probably at the level of Super Treat. But I got to be honest, I think Decadent Ale's Fruit Machine is still, you know, it's it's clapping cheeks out here, boys. That's a great beer. Awesome Sour. I, I'd give it like a slight, you know, maybe like a quarter point edge over the, the Mega Treat. Both great beers. Mega Treat, I mean, it was a little too maybe dank for me. It was it kind of lingered on the tongue more than I would have liked. But both good. I'd recommend. So let's go to Jack, who's laughing at my reference of clapping cheeks. Yep, you're right about that. Uh, <laughs> yep, I am a 12 year old at heart, and that was funny. Harvester, not even close. Well, it was close. Burial. It's not often a burial beer gets beat for me, but the Harvester and a sour at that. The Harvester smashed it. It was real good. Abomination's awesome. Unfortunately, there's a, there's a bar here tomorrow that's doing an Abomination tap takeover. It's got like three variations of Rare Fog. I was going to go, but um, shout out to Kelly. You ruined my night. Let's go on to Casey. Just kidding. Oh, we're not going to me? No, I'm just kidding about Kelly ruining my night. <laughs> Casey, you can go ahead. Uh, mine's pretty easy as well. It's In the Shadows of Giants by Woods Boss Brewing Company here in Denver. Mm. Uh, very good double New England IPA. I don't think Woods Boss, it's Woods Boss and they're in Denver. I don't think it's one of the ones we went to. No, it's not. And again, mm. like I said, I'd never heard of it. And then I just saw it and I was like, oh, the can's kind of cool because it's got a pretty cool can art. That's pretty cool. There's a, per, uh, there's a person. Is it right there? No. Well, hey, so that's, I mean, I think Kevin brought this up one time. Can art's a big part of beer sometimes. It's what catches your attention. I agree. It, it did. It caught Absolutely. my attention. I was like, oh, what's that? And it was, Kind of by itself, all the other area was bought up. 
And so I just kind of like, oh, okay, I'll take a look at that. And hmm. it turned out to be very, very good. They say you can't judge a book by its cover, but fucking watch me. Kevin, go ahead. Yeah, I only had one beer tonight, guys. Uh, and it was, it the, was best one? the winner, I guess. It was, it was the best one, but you know. <laughs> I get the feeling that had I actually opened my second beer that I had in my little cooler here, this still would have been the best one. So I think my judgment stands. It is the Definitive Brewing Company Vanilla Superdome Milkshake Double IPA with lactose, mm. vanilla sugar, and extra vanilla beans. It just, it's super extra vanilla. And it's, it was real good. And it's from Maine. I didn't realize that until I actually. Yeah, it's up in, that's up in Portland. It's right across the street from Malagash. Yeah, really, really good brew. I, I hope I can get a chance to go there at some point. Absolutely. Any listeners out there, if you're in Portland, Maine, Definitive Brewing has my number one pick for best brewery in that area. Awesome, awesome beers. Nice place, too. So, okay, so our last part, we'll go on to the last call. Final comment, question, insult, joke, whatever you want. We go host by host. This is your last chance for episode 22, boys. Casey, start us off. Yeah. You know, all in all, good Disney bracket. There were some real big controversies on this one. Uh, I think everyone was expecting me to talk about sports, so I'm changing it up a little bit. <laughs> Just Disney. Uh, a little upset, but I'll get over it. Not too upset, because I do like a boo. But all in all, I can't believe a fucking raccoon <laughs> went so goddamn far into this stupid bracket. I just, I, I, I still quite haven't gotten over that, but... I'm sure it will come with time. But again, I shouldn't be a, 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 as surprised. It's 2020. Anything can happen. So there we go. You don't want to talk about the World Series? You sure? Nothing? Oh, not really. If that was the case, we'd, we'd be on this goddamn thing for like three hours. So I'll just let it go. Uh, Jack, go ahead. Last call. Yeah, I'll pick up the sports torch for Casey. I'll talk about the World Series for a second. Uh, <laughs> I, we won't, I won't have any uh, responses from this, so we'll keep it short and we won't take an hour to talk about this, but we're going through a pandemic right now. And um, a member of the Los Angeles Dodgers decided that once he found out he tested positive for COVID during the game, got pulled, went into isolation, Dodgers won the world series. He thought it'd be a good idea to come back out and celebrate with his team without a, that is a horrific look for not only the Dodgers, but for major league baseball, this, virus has ruined people's lives and for a guy to come out take his mask off make a million dollars anyway what does he care he doesn't give two shits about this virus i swear to god if major league baseball doesn't take away draft picks from that team and suspend that player they are the biggest joke of the four major sports i'll leave it at that oh fuck la and that's it (laughs) also fuck la i second everything he said that's all i'm gonna say i second it (laughs) I'm tagging myself in here. Then it's a bunch of sour grapes for people who didn't win a World Series this year or or an NBA championship. That's odd. Hmm. Weird. Anyway, Scott's your last call. This this podcast is going to come out on November 5th, I'm guessing, right? Which means the Thursday after Election Day. So to all of America out there, if the election's been called, hopefully it has, but who knows? Either the world is, on, is going to end because your guy didn't win or everything's looking okay because your guy did win. Either way, drink up. Either way, drink up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, we will move on to the end of the podcast. So uh, we appreciate you sticking out with us. As always, make sure to check out our socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Untap. We'd love a like, a follow. Tell your friends about us if you enjoy the podcast, of course. And as always, we'll see you in episode 23. And until then, stay frosty, my friends. Penny.
still a job? Are you poor? Are you broken down?